Hello everyone, Kim Langling here, your host of Let Fear Bounce. Hope you've got your coffee and you are sitting in a comfy chair as I welcome in my new friend, Christy Demetrakis. She is the founder and owner of Empowered Speaker as well as a best-selling published author. So sit back, relax, and let's listen into the show. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Kim Langling, your host of Let Fear Bounce. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today, I am I have the pleasure and the honor of bringing in the lovely Christy, Christy Demetrakis. Oh, I'm having quite the morning, folks. But I am welcoming Christy, Christy in. She is an author and also the president and founder of The Empowered Speaker, a company that teaches people the power of dreams and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us. She is also passionate about empowering others to achieve their dreams and walk in their purpose. And a wonderful thing that is to, to achieve your dreams and walk in your purpose. So welcome, welcome, Christy. Thanks so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce. Oh, thanks so much, Kim. I'm excited. I am too. I've been looking forward to this because I want to hear, first off, I want to jump right in. I want to hear about your books. Okay. Well, I have two. My first book is Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. And that is a book that is all designed to inspire people to walk in their God-given purpose. So it's a compilation of quotes, anecdotes, biblical references, and stories. And then my second book, which is my Amazon bestseller, is Faith to Conquer Fear, The Journey. And I wrote that seven years after the first book, so the year of completion. And what I tell people is, if my first book is inspiration, the second book is activation. So I take people through my personal journey of conquering my fears, but at the same time, I take the reader on their own journey of self-discovery. And so what I tell people is if you just read the book, you'll learn a lot about Christy, but if you do the book, you'll learn a whole lot more about you. Oh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I shall be jumping on Amazon after yep. we're done here. <laughs> yes, that's the place to get it. That, all right, wonderful, wonderful. So do you have any other books that you're planning or working on at this time? I do not have any books that I am planning or working on at this time, but I wasn't planning on working on the first two. <laughs> <laughs> so if that means anything. <laughs> that means you very well may have another book coming out pretty there soon. Could huh? <laughs> be. There could be. We'll see what God says. I was just going to say, God's going to give you a nudge when you least expect it and say, yeah. oh, okay, I guess I'm doing another one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If it takes another seven years, I don't know how many I have in me, but you know, <laughs> the clock is ticking. <laughs> so tell me about a little bit about your journey um, on the Empowered Speaker. Oh, goodness. Okay. So my company, the Empowered Speaker, I started in 2007. And... So quick background, I graduated from UNC Chapel Hill, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, with a degree in speech communications and radio television. And while I was there in my junior year, I actually interned at a TV station because my desire was to be on somebody's television network. And I had that internship and I realized just how little money they make. And I was like, oh, hmm, there's a lifestyle to which I am accustomed even though I don't fund it myself, I still have <laughs> a lifestyle to which I am accustomed. And that's not gonna work. So I ended up going into sales in corporate America. 
And uh, so that's, and I'm still in corporate America. I've worked for a number of companies. I currently work for Procter & Gamble. But again, I've been in sales my entire career. But I started my company, The Empowered Speaker, in 2007. So call it about 13 years after graduating college. And for those 13 years leading up to that, Kim, I can remember, and this was several moves in between, geographical moves in between, but I can remember having conversations with my mom on my way into work, wherever that work was. And I was just saying, I really want to be a public speaker. I really want to train people. I really, really, really. But as you know, life and the longer you live, the more obligations you get. We got married. We got car payments. We got babies. We got a dog. We got a house. I mean, and the more you're longer you're in it without stepping out, the harder it is to step out. And so I remember for those 13 years just saying, gosh, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. And then ironically, I joined Toastmasters. And when I joined Toastmasters, there was actually a, an advertisement for uh, a lady who was, she was a public speaking coach and she was looking to basically franchise for lack of a better word. She was looking to certify some coaches. And I said, oh, this is perfect because public speaking skills training, I can do that in my sleep. I've always been able to do it in my sleep. Even in college, people would come to my dorm room and say, hey, can you help me get public speaking training? I was like, yeah, fine. Because back then, not telling my age, but telling my age, there was not the internet yet. Everything was still microfiche and all that good stuff. I know some people don't even know what that is. But so I do. Was, I <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't the opportunity to see what was possible, right? And I just, it's one of those things when you're just naturally good at something, you don't think about it as something that people would pay for because it's easy to you. You're like, why would somebody, this is just easy. And so I ended up getting certified. My company actually paid for me to be certified as a, what we call a speaker's training camp coach, okay? And that is what launched that business. And what I, what I, loved about it was it was all the things I was already doing, but it was already packaged, right? And so that's when I launched my business. And then three years later is when I wrote my first book. Now, one would think that book was about public speaking because for the three years, that's what I had been working on, but it is not. Mm, it is not. <laughs> uh, it is It is a faith-based book. And when I, it was in the writing of that book that I really realized my passion and my purpose, which was really to help people achieve their God-given dreams and to get there faster. I told you, I've been in sales my entire career. I'm all about results. I don't have time for the floofy conversations. I'm not interested. Right. I want to know what are we doing? Okay, here's our problem. Here's some, let's put some plans in place and let's get to it. Like what's the end result? Right. And so that first book was really just a, kind of a shift in my mental and spiritual trajectory. And for several years, talking about journey, I was really confused about what I should be doing. I was still working in corporate America. I really had no desire to leave corporate America. I enjoy my work. Um, and I was, so I had the struggle between corporate America and, you know, this, this secular business, if you want to call it that, right. public speaking. And then I had this whole faith-based thing. And people kept saying, hey, how's your ministry? And I would just cringe. It is not a ministry. It's a business. It's a business. <laughs> I'll tell you, it would just make me so mad, Kim, when people would say that. I can still remember being at a family reunion in North Carolina where my family is. 
And I remember I was just handing out raffle tickets. We were doing little giveaways or whatever. And some ladies literally said, hey, Christy, how's your ministry doing? And it was all I could do. And my face is very expressive. I know those of you can't see me right now, but I have a very expressive face. <laughs> and I was trying as hard as I could not to frown at them for calling it a ministry when it was a business. And so that was the other piece that I was internally struggling with. Yeah. Is this whole idea of ministry, because in my mind and the way I had grown up, ministry only looked like a preacher in the pulpit. Right. With a church. I wasn't taught that ministry, everybody is in ministry, right? You're always ministering in some form or fashion. The some is more formal than others. But that was a real struggle that I just battled with for mm -hmm. those really seven years. I mean, that, that gap between book one and book two. Right. I really, really struggled with that. Um, and so, you know, then I wrote that second book and I went, okay, all right. And that book didn't happen like the first one. The first book, I wrote it in six months. I mean, from start to publish, six months done. The second book, I started writing it. I got about 80% done. And then I didn't have anything else to say. But I knew it wasn't finished. Right. And so I was like, ah, all right. And then life, a few more life experiences happened. And I was like, ah, but yes, the book is complete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The book is complete. And, uh, and then, you know, I published it and this, and I, this book, I think will be at least at this point in my life, I think it will be my legacy because I, I remember the first book when I, when I wrote the first book, people would say, Christy, I really love the book, but I didn't learn anything about you. Ah. And, and at that time in my life, that was by design because right. I was like, you can see the outside, but you don't need to see all, you don't need to see all the other stuff. Right. And by the time I got to the second book, God was very clear, like you're in order to be effective for me, you're going to have to reveal yourself. You know, I received the same little nudge from, from the big guy myself recently. <laughs> so I, I understand that. Um, I like when you said you struggled with people calling your business a ministry. Mm -hmm. And as you were talking about that, I'm thinking, you know, ministry but then you also you had such a heart for what you were doing it was it it was your mission uh so and i kept thinking in my head ministry to mission mm. um because they can both be the same thing you know this is my mission to minister um but i don't know why that i just i'm throwing that in there because that's how my brain works hmm. ministry to mission um and then i'm thinking oh that's a good title for a book hey there you go christy <laughs> No, there you go, Kim. <laughs> oh, not not my book. Throw it right book. back at you. Throw it right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still in corporate America. Yes. Working at Procter and Gamble. Mm -hmm. You doing? You're still doing sales. Yes, I'm actually in sales training now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, I I think that would be fun. It, you know what? Yeah, I I love it. And here's what's interesting: talk about journey. So journey in and outside of corporate America. When I came to PNG, I came to PNG via the Gillette acquisition. So they bought, they purchased the Gillette company. I was working for Gillette at the time. I had been with them for five years. And then I came over to PNG, which is ironic because I interviewed with PNG in college and got through three of four interviews. So I didn't make the last cut. I was like, you know, I'd have been a lot less expensive had you hired me right out of the gate. But it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And so, um, but I remember when I first started with them, I was living in 
Arkansas, calling on Walmart, which is most salespeople, if they're in CPG, if they're a consumer products good company, the aspiration is to work on Walmart, right? That's, that's like the big dog here in the US. And so I started with them in, in Arkansas. And once I got to Cincinnati, so I was there for two and a half, almost three years. And then we moved to Cincinnati, the Cincinnati area. Northern Kentucky is where we live, but it's just across the bridge. Mm -hmm. And we uh, have been here for almost 13 years, going on 14 years. And once I got here, and which is our headquarters, I could, I could see a lot of other roles that the company offered, right? Because once you're on a customer team, you see, you know, kind of that. And I, I immediately recognized that we had a capability department, which was training, was training of our salespeople. And I was like, oh, because I knew, I already knew myself. I love training. I love facilitation. I love doing workshops. Christy all day, every day. Don't need to just feed me between breaks. Right. Don't, <laughs> right. don't need to sleep. Just keep it coming. And so I knew I loved that. And for eight years, I tried to get to sales capability. And I kept saying, you know, we have our work plans. And what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I want to do sales capability. Okay, we got it. And then I get a different role. What do you want to do? I want to do sales capability. Okay, okay, we got it. And then I do a different role. I'm like, are y'all ever going to let me get to sales capability? <laughs> so finally, three years ago, three years ago, how long did I tell you I worked for PNG? Quite some time. Yeah. Three years ago, I finally get to sales capability. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love the work. I, I design our sales colleges. How wonderful. Yeah. That would be so fun. It is so much fun. I mean, I do some other stuff as well, but that's the part I always say first because that's what I really wanted to do. And I, I had an opportunity to come a little bit earlier, but it wasn't that job. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're going to be there. This is the right. work I want to do. And it's so interesting, Kim, because you can tell people what you want to do and you can tell people what you're good at, but the proof is in the delivery, right? right? Because it's one thing to want to do it, but but fortunately I've had the external validation that I'm really good at this. Yeah. So last last year, 2020, which doesn't seem that long ago, because it still continues like it just yeah. went through. Right? I know it's the never it's ending year. The never ending year. <laughs> but I received four industry awards for one of the sales colleges that I created. Wow. Well, congratulations Thank on you. that right I there. Know, that's big stuff. I mean, I've never received industry awards. And then to get four within three months was pretty doggone fantastic. Yeah. But that's the stuff when, when you are operating in your purpose, when you are operating where it is that you know you are gifted to be, it shows. It's the outward manifestation. It's just, you know, my public speaking skills training company. If you if you to look at Thumbtack, which is a platform that people can go to, it's just like freelance.com, Upworks, all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. You can get a painter, you can do get a photographer, you can get a public speaking coach. <laughs> but if you were to go there and you look at my reviews, same thing. I'm gifted to do that. Yeah. I'm gifted to do training and facilitation. Um, and so that's, you know, as people start to think about how do I know what I'm good at? How do I know what my purpose is? How do I know I'm in the right space? Look at the fruit. Right. Look at the fruit. That's how you know. 
right? That's how you know. And see, I I um I call myself an accidental writer and an accidental speaker, mm. knowing it's no accident. But uh, years ago, when I I was asked to, this is twenty one years ago, I was asked to give a speech. I'm a veteran, so I'm very, very involved in my veteran community here and have been for years and years. And I was asked to give a speech to, at, a, at a large event that we hold year, well, we did hold yearly, and we had brought the moving wall to my area, um, Vietnam veterans moving wall. Mm -hmm. And we had a ride, we call it the ride for freedom. And we had upwards of 2000 motorcycles and, you know, all the people and it was a really, really large event. And that was like the kickoff of what we've been doing for 20 years now. Um, but that first one, I was asked to, to, to share a story about my grandfather because he was the last surviving uh, veteran from World War One mm. in this in this area at that time. And I thought, OK, well, you know, I'll do this. I'd never spoken in public before. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all of us, you know, and I, 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 oh goodness, I worked so hard on this speech and I talked to um, uh, my stepfather at the time because grandpa was in, he was in a nursing home and he was, you know, 100 and 101 years old at the time, <clears throat> excuse me. And I put so much effort into it and, and so much time. And I'm thinking, I have never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> So the day came and I didn't realize, you know, television stations were there and all kinds of stuff was being recorded and or broadcast live because this is a really big event in our area. And I'm going, oh, should I be nervous? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then there was like, you know, 800 people uh -huh. and we're all and it's all outdoors. So we had 800 people and I had like three different television stations with their cameras, you know, surrounding me. I wasn't expecting any of that. I was just like, oh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good you didn't know. <laughs> it is good I didn't know. Yeah. And so I, I shared that story and it was probably about a half hour long, mm -hmm. you know, and I shared it. And the entire time you could, you could hear a pin drop. Wow. It was complete silence, complete silence. And at the end, when I finished, it was complete silence. And I'm going, I just bombed. Oh my gosh. So I just kind of stood there, you know, with this goofy look on my face. <laughs> I'm done. You know, see the face. you know, yeah, I know if you can see my face um, and, you know, TV cameras and stuff. And, you know, when you're in that moment, it feels like it drags on forever. You know, that silence. And it felt like it went on forever. It, it didn't. But then the whole crowd just erupted. They, they exploded. And I started crying. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, I did that. And that was my first time I ever spoke. And the comments, I was swarmed by people. And they were in tears. Can you see me? Mm -hmm. Okay. You froze for a window of time. Oh, dang. On my end. Now, I don't know if you can <laughs> still hear your audio, and that's fine if you can still hear yours. I wasn't saying anything. Okay. So no, I, I, okay. So I where, where did it, where did it block out at? Um, right when you said, I just had this goofy look on my face, and that's when it froze. Oh, 
Look okay. the goofy look on your face, by the way. <laughs> and literally, that's how the free. I was like, okay, that's dramatic. I got it. <laughs> I, I got it. I get the point. <laughs> you can stop now. <laughs> oh, God, I, okay. you know, I love technology. Yeah, so it might have it might have gone perfectly on your end. I'm just saying. I wasn't saying anything. So if when you listen to it, you can still hear it fine. No worries. Cause I, I wasn't, I was literally just paused. Okay. So that was where I said my, I had a goofy look on my face. Uh -huh. All right. Then I'll just take off from there. Okay. So I must've had a goofy look on my face, all these cameras around me and it was total silence, which felt like it was dragging out forever. Cause when you're in that moment, that's what it feels like. But you know, obviously it wasn't forever. And then that silence just didn't, turned into this eruption mm. of clapping and yelling. And I started crying and then I was swarmed by people. And I thought, you know, after all of that, I was literally mentally drained because it was a really personal story to share. And then hearing others that were swarming me their stories. And then uh, the local newspaper after later on that day approached me and said, hey, would you like to do a monthly column for us? And I went, I'm not a writer. And they said, well, if you wrote that speech, you're a writer. And so that's literally how I started writing and speaking. Wow. Seem was a seemingly random, uh -huh. thing, you know, and that was, that was, uh, that was quite a long time ago. And so I'm not trained in any of that. And I like how you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, how you, it just, some people it comes easy to. I love it. And, and I've, had, I've been told many times over the years, Kim, you're just a natural with this. Mm -hmm. You know, you get up there and it, it's obviously coming from your heart and you're enjoying it. So that's, uh, I, I love how, and it's not easy for everybody. Right. I mean, my goodness, some people are so fearful of speaking or writing and sharing their stories, but it, it obviously that's a God-given gift for me. And it just took me a really long time to embrace it fully. And as you said, life happens and my life, I had life happen to me big time last year, you know, in, in the year, the year that doesn't end. The year that doesn't end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I ran into some major health issues that were unexpected and, a, and quite a surprise to me. And then I lost my, my corporate job I lost. And all of a sudden I'm going, Whoa, mm. what is going on? And so but there I was at home and I'm thinking, oh, I kept having this strong, strong feeling. Now is your time. Now's the time to do it. Mm -hmm. I have given you the opportunity. This is God talking. Uh -huh. Oh, I know who's talking. Uh -huh. <laughs> I have given you this time. Now do what you know you're, you should be doing. Mm. And I really didn't have to think about it too hard. Mm -hmm. I went, okay, I've got the time I'm doing it. So mm. I'm gonna make it work. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I strongly feel that I'm not supposed to be going back to corporate America. I strongly feel that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and not only sharing my story, but I'm supposed to be sharing others mm -hmm. because we all need to be that pinprick of light for people. Yeah, I agree. And, and you definitely are one of those. You definitely are one of those. And I, I love your passion. Even when you're speaking, I can, I can, I can feel it. Mm. And I want to just, you know, throw my hands in the air. 
you know what, Kim, as you were talking, you know, this is the thing I have told people. If anybody has been around me for more than 30 minutes, I've probably said it to them. And I started saying it in March of 2020. We are in a divine window of time. We are in a divine window of time. And what do we choose? What have we chosen? Because we're a year in now. Right. So I was saying that when we first started, because this is a great opportunity, guys. We don't know how long this is going to last. It could be a month. It could be three months. It could be. But what are you going to do in this window of time when you have all the distractions that tend to have that have taken over your life for the last 15 years? You now have a window of time where you get to spend time with your family. I know that's not appealing to some people, but anyway, you right. get to spend time with your family. You get to spend time with your spouse. You don't have to go to soccer games and this and that. You don't have to be at church physically. Go to the church on Wednesdays and Sundays and then for Sunday school and then for choir practice and then for your life slowed down. And you could finally do all the things you said were important to you. Right. Did we do it? I love that divine window of time. It's a divine window of time. And I will tell you, I have, I have made lots of changes in this divine window of time because what I didn't want to do was miss it. Right. Yes. Saying, when you have a window, the windows don't stay open. The windows don't stay open and you don't know when they're going to close. And all of a sudden, because what everybody's clamoring for is to get back to normal where there is no back to normal. There is never, ever, 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 ever going to be a back to normal. No. Nope. Even what you thought was normal is no longer normal. <laughs> you shop, nothing, nothing is the same as it was before. It can't possibly be. It right. wouldn't have survived. It would not have survived being the same as it was a year ago. So how have you also adapted as grocery stores have adapted, as online, as restaurants and all these things have adapted? Right. How have we adapted? That's the question. How have we adjusted? So that when we come out of this thing on the other side, there is another side. But when we come out of this thing, will we be better? What I tell people is if you are not better physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, especially coming out of this window of time, shame on you. Shame on you. I agree. I completely agree. And as you were talking, I'm thinking there's so many people that uh, don't recognize or don't see it as a window, a divine window. So many people aren't seeing that and mm -hmm. they're letting fear rule everything yes. and negativity and division and all of that stuff, that big messy ball of darkness. And that's how I came up with let fear bounce because I'm thinking I'm waking up every day and I'm putting my armor on and the little D man, you know, the D man and all his little minions that are shooting those poison darts, they're going to be pinging right off my armor. I'm letting it bounce mm -hmm. because I've got things to do. <laughs> and, you know, and I've been nudged by God, uh, very specifically for certain things. And I recognized it and went, okay, even though I was, uh, you know, you sit there and you kind of argue with them or question yeah, them. Yeah, we do. I know. And then I laugh at myself going, well, I'm not going to win that argument. Right. <laughs> You're not going <laughs> to win. Do it now, do it later. Good yeah. choice. That's your choice. So, you know, I decided to, you know, okay, well, I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. And so I, you know, I am, and I'm loving every minute of it. And I'm so glad that I saw 
that open window, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I jokingly say with some folks lately, you know, God got tired of all of his kids messing up and said, time to go to your rooms. Time out. Yeah. Time out. Massive global time out. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, and that's exactly what I thought from the, from the get-go. And I said, you know, he's like, you know, a very frustrated parent saying everybody to your rooms. And yep. we did, we had to go to our rooms. We had to go to our houses and stay. <laughs> you know? yes, yes. And I'm going, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that more people hear you too. Right. You know? right. But yeah. Uh, yeah, what a, what a, what a time it, it is. And so I am certainly not discounting anybody's struggles at all because you know so many people have went through so many things. But in this time frame, I have personally noticed, and I want to ask if you have too, I have personally noticed that I have had all kinds of blessings and opportunities come to me during this strange time. And I have not let fear interfere at all. I, I just haven't let it in my back door. And so many opportunities and blessings. They I'm literally from all different directions of the globe. Mm-hmm. Has that, have you found that to be the case on your end? Yes, I have found that to absolutely be the case. And it started in March of last year. Yeah, it, it did. And again, we don't say that braggadociously, right? Because everybody has not had that same experience, but blessings are not just financial. And that's the other piece that people got to get out of their head. When you, you the minute you say you've been blessed, people think finances. Yeah. And yes, that, that part is true as well. But if you're still here, your family's still intact, right. you still have a place to live. And all, all blessings are not the same size, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's a blessing nonetheless. And this is where we have to get out of our carnal thinking and elevate to say, I'm still here. That means I still have work to do. Exactly. Why am I here? Exactly. And if nothing else People, this should be giving you time to ask the question, why am I here? That's the question everybody wants to know, right? Right. What's my purpose? Why am I here? Same thing. What, why am I here? And I feel like I know I personally have gotten that clarity over the last year, for sure. I, I've had, I, I feel the same. I've had many things come clear. Mm-hmm. Then blessings to me, um, On it was interesting that you said so many people think finances because you're right. But that's not my first thought as a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I lost my job during that. So I certainly didn't get a financial blessing. <laughs> right, right, right. But blessings came in many other forms. And a lot of it is from the people that I've met, you know, virtually from all over the globe and, and hearing their stories and sharing their stories. And to me, that's a blessing. To, to give someone that small pinprick of light, that little bit of hope, that is a huge blessing to be able to provide that. And a lot of times you're doing it and you don't even realize it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my th- another thing I've been just been in my head constantly is we must be kinder. Yes. We must be kinder. And one of the things I've been doing lately, I forgot I had bought them. I had this big deck of cards, but they had little inspirational sayings on them. They're real pretty. Mm-hmm. And I had them tucked away and I found them. And so now every time I go to uh, like Walmart or a store where I have to pick up stuff. I keep those cards in my purse and I tuck them all over the store. Mm. 
And I video myself and I'll say, well, here I am in Walmart dropping off my little nuggets of goodness. And so that's what I've been calling them. And, And it's, people get a kick out of it because I'll say, well, I just put this one in a pack of underwear. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm putting them in the most random places. I love it. And the last time I was there, I'm like, what, what part of this store have I not hit yet with my little nuggets? Goodness. So I went back into, I call it the boy area, uh-huh. all the automotive stuff. <laughs> so I went and tucked those cards, you know, like you're beautiful. You're wonderful. All these <laughs> cards. I tucked them in every, all of the things that I have no idea what they are or how to use them. I tucked mm-hmm. them in, the, in those places oh and I will never know no. what those people think when they pull those cards out. But if it makes one person smile yeah. or if that one person is having the most awful day and feels that they're not worth being around and that, that turns it just a little bit, mm-hmm. I'll never know. But I've felt very strongly urged to continue to drop those little nuggets everywhere. And so that's that's just something, it was just r- not random. I keep saying random, nothing's random, yeah. you know, but walking into Walmart and all of a sudden you get this urge, you have those cards in your purse, you better start dropping them. And I'm going, really? <laughs> you know, I'm looking up, really? In Walmart? <laughs> He's especially in Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I love it. What a nice idea. Yeah. What so idea. I'm going to continue doing that. That's uh, that's it's become one of my little, uh, one of my little missions that I'm doing. So I make sure I have a stack of those cards in my purse whenever I'm leaving the house. But you know what, Kim, it's the small things. Exactly. It's the small things we get so caught up in. I can't do all these big things and I don't have time. And I, it's the small things. Right. To your point, if it impacts one person, because we've all seen those videos, right, where one person does something nice for the person behind them. And then that person now does something nice to randomly. And then that person does something nice because something nice happened to them. And it's just this nice ripple effect. Right. You don't know who we're impacting. No, we have no idea. You walk in a store the way you greet the cashier that impacts somebody may not impact that cashier, but they're watching you. Exactly. People are watching you and how you respond to life and situations and circumstances. And they listen to the words that come out of our mouths. And that's why we have to be ever so careful. And we don't get it right. We're human. That's right. Well, no, I don't get it right all the time. But I've also found myself in the last year stepping out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. in public um, where I get this nudge. I see someone hurting. I don't know this person. And I get a nudge, you best set your stuff down and go pray with Mm. that person. Mm. And I had that so strong one time within the last five months. And uh, I was thinking, this is a really full room of people. My my answer back was, you need to go and pray with this woman. Mm -hmm. So I did. Got down on my knees in a packed waiting room before this sobbing older woman Mm -hmm. and said, dear heart, I want to pray with you and for you. She didn't answer because she's crying so hard. Mm -hmm. And no one else in that room even acknowledged her suffering. Mm -hmm. And that's what threw me. So what I, you know, I prayed for her and, and with her, 
and got my stuff and left and I cried all the way home. Mm. And I was crying because her heart was obviously breaking. But then I was also crying for all those other people in there that did not acknowledge another soul that was obviously hurting. And I'm thinking I was the only one that did that. Why wouldn't anyone else even just to put a hand on a shoulder, mm-hmm. just to let her know, you know, you're not I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not alone in this moment in time right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a big, um, that was a big thing for me because I stepped way outside of my, my comfort zone doing that. But since then, I find myself doing it more. Mm. And I think, poop on what other people think. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If I'm being nudged to do this, then I'm going to do it because maybe someone else, like you said, someone else witnesses that. Mm-hmm. And it might be just that little shift in their mind that they need that day. Yeah. 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 Oh, God's pretty cool. He does He's some pretty cool, cool. things. He's pretty cool. <laughs> He's pretty cool. You know, I got to tell you this one last thing, and I know we, we were getting close on time. But, um, you know, speaking about this speaker training camp piece. So, you know, earlier I said there's this secular side of my business and this faith-based side of my business. And it's so interesting because before I sign up anybody to be my client on the public speaking training, I have a 30-minute consult with them, right? Just understand what, what it is you're looking for, make sure we're a good fit, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. And inevitably, Kim, people will say, I don't know exactly why I chose you, but I do. Something told me to choose you. And I'm like, do I need to say what? <laughs> but okay. I cannot tell you how many times I heard that. So today, <laughs> literally today, I got this note and I'm just going to quickly, quickly read it to you if I can find it really fast. And I just started laughing. Uh, oh, now I'm not going to be able to find it. Oh, good grief. In essence, this lady reached out to me on my business page and said, Christy, I was on Thumbtack looking for a business, a public speaking coach, and I found you. But it looks like your hours don't work for what I need. So I was looking around for other public speaking coaches, but you kept popping up. Your profile kept, no matter how many other people I tried to look for, you kept popping up. <laughs> so that was God's way of, literally, she says this. That was God's way of saying, I need to work with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I just, I literally, I saw that I was, as I was leaving the gym and I just burst out laughing because even though, even in my mind, I, I see this as call it the secular side. And this is the faith-based side, right? It's all the same because yep. I am who I am. And what people are seeing is the God in me. Right. And because I'm, and I, I literally, I will look back at my profile. I'm like, what do I say in this profile that makes people <laughs> like, why do they do that? Yeah. And literally, I'm telling Kim, it's almost to a person that go, I'm not sure why <laughs> something told me. And I go, oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad. And on my, you know, on the other side of the phone, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I love when that happens. I love when that because you do. You chuckle inside, and you're thinking, "Well, I could tell you why it happened." Yeah, yeah. But if you're still struggling <laughs> with the concept, let's just talk about the speaking training. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That is wonderful. That is wonderful. And with that, we shall wrap this this beautiful conversation up. Yes, we could talk forever. Uh, definitely. I mean, there's story after story I'm sure we could both share. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to do this again. Yes, let's. Jeesh. Silly me. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being my guest. This has been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed it tremendously. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait till we, uh, till we meet up again because... Who knows what God's going to be doing in the meantime? Who knows? I can't <laughs> wait to see. <laughs> Thank you so much and have a wonderful day, Christy. Thank you. You too, Kim. <laughs>